Welcome to uh, this Mwango recording. Quick one, very early in the morning, just to clarify the deal that Centum is supposed to do. So I think here is James, the CEO of Centum. Maybe Cent James, you can say hi this morning. Early good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure Ka to be on with you this morning. Karibu and Happy New Year. Asante and Happy New Year to you too. Now, so I think a quick one then. Maybe you can give us a bit of context. So the CDM deal was all about and what happened in this case that made you issue a press release yesterday. Oh, thank you very much, Eric. Just in terms of background, sometime back in 2021, we got into discussions with Access Bank PLC to acquire all our shares in CDM Bank. We eventually signed a term sheet sometimes in March and, and then an SPA was done in June. An SPA is, is, a, is an acronym for Share Purchase Agreement. It was at that point that we made an announcement, the share sale, and we were looking at completing sometimes in September. That was our target completion date. The SPAs tend to have a long stop date. So the long stop date was 5th of December. So a long stop date is a date at which the agreement terminates by virtue of time having passed, unless it is extended by both parties. So it, it expired on 5th of December. And really the complication of the transaction is that because the acquiring entity was another bank domiciled in another jurisdiction, for us to get ready for even CBK approvals, we had a number of other regulatory approvals that we needed to get from other jurisdictions. So those took a bit of time and not all were entirely in the control of Centum. So I think eventually we got all of them sometimes in December. We then had a further extension in December. The purpose of a long stop date is to enable parties to consider their position after some point in time. You define a long stop date to be sufficiently long so that should market conditions have changed or your circumstances have changed, you can then decide if you wish to make an extension on the same terms or on varied terms. Now, in this particular instance, the commercial terms were agreed in 2021. The world in 2022, late 2022, early 2023, is very different from what it was in 2021. So part of what made sense in 2021 did not make much sense for us in 2023. So just to be specific, part of the consideration was to be paid through a deferred consideration, which I think we announced a two-year deferred consideration. Our own expectation was that would have closed sometimes in 2022. So we're looking at 2024. But at that time in 2021, we were in a low inflation environment. The emerging currencies were relatively stable and we didn't have the kind of credit risk we have today. Come the end of 2022, when we had agreed to the deal Kenya shilling to USD was 114. We are now at 124. And a number of other currencies have also depreciated. Inflation was 5%. We are now at 9%. So the question then we had to ask ourselves is, are we exchanging? And then if you look at the banking side, in 2021, we had not adopted risk-based pricing models, uh, etc. So then the question is, are you exchanging an appreciating asset 
for possibly highly depreciating asset because in an inflationary environment, inflation can wipe out the real purchasing power of the consideration. And so that was one of the issues that arose. And therefore, the only way we could circle that square is for them to make a full payment because we're not prepared to take the inflationary risk and the credit risk and the foreign currency risk for two years for that particular component. Although they gave a number of proposals, we're not able to reach agreements on that bit. And therefore, those are the terms we're not able to reach, mutually acceptable terms to enable us to extend. So it was a good deal for a seller in 2021, 2022. We did not think it was a good deal in 2023. So by virtue of the Long stop date having passed and not been extended, the SPI had lapsed. And given that we're not able to reach agreement on suitable terms, uh, we then uh, communicated to them sometimes early in the week that we'll no longer be progressing with the transaction. I think that gives a good background. What's the one thing that, if it's changed, should have made you go on the line with this bill? I think the one thing is if the consideration was paid in full upon the transfer of the shares, because then it enables you to mitigate your risks. Today, Banks are even lending as high as 18%. So you can't give a note at 10%. And so that's one thing, but that one thing they were not able to do. So there was no way we could progress. But then in terms of capital injection now for Cedian Bank, because it was a consideration at the time of the sale. So does Cedian now need a capital injection and is sent in a position to do that? Yeah, also the circumstances of the banking sector have changed a bit because the margins are a bit, a bit better. Since we got into this deal, there's been a lot of interest from other investors because when you get into a deal, people take notice of the asset, but you see, we couldn't engage with them because we're in the middle of a transaction. Uh, some of whom are prepared to invest into the bank. So what this does is that it enables the bank to move on and enables us to move on and consider other options. However, from a capital ratio perspective, the bank is in a comfortable space. What we're looking at was what it was going to look like in the medium term. And so it made sense for us to exit at the time on those terms. Even if we had gotten all the money, then it still made sense to exit. Yeah, it would still be reasonable. But if you're getting part of it later, this part later, you don't know what uh, value it will have when you get it. Then, uh, then it's doubtful whether it's a good deal. So Sidian on its own is doing well. It's, uh, it's an attractive asset. It has a clean book. It has drawn the attention of investors. So they're able to do whatever it is that they need. To, to do even in the middle of the deal, I think they were able to raise additional tier to capital. So they are not short of interested parties willing to provide additional capital into the bank. But on the street is that there's a better deal for Centum on CDN. Is that then something you can comfortably say that there is there are bidders who are willing to give you a better deal on this asset? Of course, we've had interested parties willing to give us a better deal from when we announced it in June 2022. Once you make an announcement, people come and say, yes, I can offer better, but you're contractually bound to stay in the deal you're in. And obviously we wanted to take it over the finishing line, but if you can't take it over the finishing line, then the, right, then the rational thing to do and what is in the best interest of Centum and its shareholders is to terminate that process. Even staying as is a better option and then evaluate. So staying as is a better deal than where we were for, for the reasons that I have, I have given you. So I'm sure something, something will work out and work out. And you see, that's why the long stop did work, is that either party can leave. So I'm sure if the shoe was on the other foot, it would have been the buyer leaving. 
One of the things that you wanted to do with the proceeds from CDN was to repay the debts for center. How would that then look like? Yeah, a lot has changed, Eric. In 2021, we're in the middle of COVID. And it was not clear when COVID would end. And we also thought we'd close this deal a lot sooner. So it was a feasible option. And obviously we had this pre-election concerns, which meant that our business of selling assets was affected because of, of uncertainty, political uncertainty. And a lot of those things have gone away. So we've seen a significant improvement in market conditions. And so we've been able to do a lot more transactions. So we're no longer reliant on this transaction to take some of those steps. So that, that is going on independent of the transaction. So then going back to CDN, maybe the final question would be, what's the outlook then? Because I think looking at the Q3 results, it looked like total assets were up 19%, a lot of growing at 8%, customer deposits up 8%. You have profit after tax up 5.6% to 390 million. In terms of the bank itself, what do you see as its outlook? Do you want to hold it for another longer period or do you want to, is it on scale? No, I don't think it's on sale. I think you'll probably be a shareholder in the foreseeable future. There's no real pressure to exit. We've significantly now deleveraged our balance sheet without this particular exit. So with the optimal value creation plan, I think we've created a great platform, which is why CDN was of interest to regional banks, been of interest. So we've received interest internationally, regionally, and locally. Because I'm proud of what the team has done, moving it from what it was, Kere Bank, to what it is today, uh, and it's well poised for growth. To my perspective, it's a great franchise. It, it is a great management team. It is offering a strong value proposition to its customers in the SME space. It has built a niche for itself. So CDN can only continue to, to do better. And whether we remain at 4% or we reduce, it's a matter that we'll consider over time, but we're under no particular pressure at the moment. All right. So the is something else that you're undertaking right now, the share buyback, perhaps one of the things that would that you wanted to maybe do to boost the share price a bit was the share buyback. What's the state of it? The share buyback, we announced it. We announced the share buyback, the half year results announcement. Uh, that's when it was approved by the board. We then went to this capital market authority to get it approved. The CME approved it in December and also approved the shareholder circular. So we issued the notice for the EGM. This week, actually, the day before, yes, yesterday, yesterday, actually, the EGM notice was there yesterday. So it's going to fully will get approval in February when we have the extraordinary general, general meeting, and it will run for a period of 18 months. We know what this will do is that it will give us the option to buy centum shares if they do come to the market at below nine shillings and three cents. And this was to reward long-term shareholders because then you're reducing the free float uh, or rather you're reducing, you're buying back the shares at a substantial discount to NAV. So what that does is that it will boost dividend per share for the remaining shareholders and, and net asset value per share. So we're hoping to start the program in February. And then in terms of the maximum share price at 9.30, the current share price, as I checked, it's 8.5. The daily volume, I think the last past week has been around 30,000 shares. Uh, yes. So would you really accomplish much given the low volumes being traded, the share price, like the maximum being 9.3? Is it something that you're actively engaging maybe the CMA to be able to help you in terms of changing the, some of these things so that you're able like, to do a bit more, so that you have a bit more wiggle room with the share buyback? 
Yeah, we were guided by the, this process is run as prescribed by the Share Bible guidelines. So the Share Bible guidelines have elements of the buyback that are discretionary. For example, how much of the daily volume can you buy in a day? That particular element is, is the way the guideline is drafted, it's either 25% or any other percentages may be prescribed by the CMA. So for that, we got an exemption so that we can be able to buy 100%. We can buy all the shares that are offered on any given day. Now, when it comes to the price and you read the guidelines, it says it shall be 10% above. So that is not an item as the, in the guidelines as drafted today that is that you can get waiver on. You, so there's a pricing mechanism. The upper limit is prescribed in the guideline in mandatory language. So what we got uh, waiver on or what we made application on were those elements that are not mandatory, where the CMA had discretion. And so rather than take a lot of time to get approvals, we opted to go with the guidelines as they were and get it approved and start the process. If then we go and six months down the road, the price is, is consistently above nine shillings and three cents, then we can go back to CMA and have this discussion. But at least we wanted to get this program moving without any further delay because we took quite a bit of time waiting for the guidelines to be put in place. Okay. What's the perception from the shareholders so far? Like what are some of the feedback that you're receiving, maybe from the market, from investors in terms of their, their perception of the share buyback plan? It depends on, it depends on the nature of the investor and their outlook as far as the investment incentive is concerned. For the long-term investors, they're happy with the buyback price because they would like the shares bought as cheaply as possible as many shares bought as cheaply as possible because then you're transferring value to them. For the ones who wanted to exit, they want as high a price as possible. Yeah. But then value can be transferred from the company to them. Now, for those who want to exit, the guidelines are not favorable to them. These guidelines favor more the remaining uh, shareholders. So for the remaining shareholders, they like it and they're looking forward to the buyback so that this overhang of shares can disappear. And if they wish to buy more shares, then at least they are confident that the price will not come materially below nine shillings. And what's the prospect of maybe center delisting at some point? I think that's not on the table. That's not on the table. It's a listed company. You want to give investors the opportunity to come in and come out. So it's not something we have discussed. It's something that I think it's the way the company is, it's the best interest for the company. The traded volumes and the price are subject to broader market conditions that are not necessarily within Centum's control entirely. That, that's not on the table. So maybe going back also to the CTN deal, I think there is someone who was worried a bit about maybe that the buyers found something that was not in order with the CDN books. What's your confidence that everything is okay with CDN? If you read the statement, it was sent that opted not to extend. <laughs> the buyer wanted on the original terms. It's sent that has opted not to. So maybe a final question. What's the outlook for the whole full year for sent? 
okay, we are busy. We are doing many things. I had no idea just how much the political uncertainty was holding up things in the country. Uh, there's a lot of investor appetite, a lot of investor activity. The economy has been frozen up actually from 2019, 2020 with COVID and then political uncertainties. So COVID market has opened up post COVID and political uncertainty is out of the window. So we're seeing a lot of activity. So we are very busy. So let's see where we'll end up. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I appreciate that you took the time. Thank you, Eric. All the best. Thank you.